1: 1,000 plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee
2: you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch, here it is.
1: Swan. fly ball deep left center, them on the road. Yes! Yes! Yeah. 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 The of yeah. given you a championship.
0: 25 lighters on my son yes, son. You know i got to
2: get paid. Five
1: lighters
2: on my dress, yes, sir. you know I got to get paid, swing and drive, not too late, welcome to the
1: show, 25 lighters for my 25 folks, now get ready, this is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Platinum Sombrero brought to you by Armchair Media and our good friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag, the number one online sports book in all of the land, not just the United States, but the entire world, I'm betting. No matter what it is that you like to bet, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether you want to lay some lines on who's going to get picked first in the in the draft. Hint hint, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Whatever it is you want to find, you can find it on MyBookie. If you like prop bets, MyBookie has more of them than anybody. Don't be an idiot. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code Armchair. They're going to give you a hundred percent deposit match on your initial deposit, up to a thousand big ones, a thousand dollars, folks. Now it's not to say that you have to throw in a thousand dollars, but if you want to throw in a hundred, they'll kick in another hundred, and you can double your money just like that. Everybody likes a winner. Prove to your friends that you are better with sports than they are. Prove to them that you are the greatest gambler in the world. Go to mybookie.ag. Lay along on all the best lines. Whether you want to bet Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone, that's going to be a fun one. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code armchair. Play. Win. Have a great time. All right, guys. This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, Doc is always with me. But we have somebody else with us today. Then, uh, full disclosure... uh, this is the first person I ever did an actual show with, Josh Sperry. How are you doing, sir? I'm
0: doing great. How about y'all? And I forgot that was like the first one either of us ever did.
1: He, uh, we did the what was it the uh, the dream, dream job, job dream job challenge with Chuck Oliver back at the old six eighty station in Sandy Springs, uh, back in twenty fifteen. That was uh, oh it was so long ago.
0: That was an eternity ago.
1: For, uh, if you guys are unaware, uh, Josh and I went to the same broadcasting school. I believe he was one or two classes ahead of me, and then I came in right after that. And uh, Josh was one of the was one of the first guests that I had on the the prelude to TPS, which was uh, shell shocked. So, uh, Josh has been kind of an OG. Yeah, we've been around. We go uh, pretty far back. Not even just that. For any of you wondering how Doc and I met, it's actually through Josh that I first became aware of Doc Herbert.
2: I don't think I knew that, actually. I thought. I don't think I knew
0: that. And I'm starting to think that, like. Maybe I need to get a cut off all these promos that y'all <laughs> run. us on the back. end. Yeah.
1: Like the first time I ever became aware of doc, it was, uh, I think Josh, I think you and I were tweeting about, uh, about a rod versus Derek Jeter. I, I, I
0: literally have no clue. So I'm just going to take your word for it.
1: I don't know why I can remember this right now. Like if you had asked me this like three days ago, I would have had no idea, but in the span of like the last three days, knowing that you were going to be on this week, I, I knew we were going to talk about the dream job, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, holy crap, that's how I met Doc. <laughs> See, I thought you and I were having
2: a spirited yet civil discussion about Andrelton Simmons. Um, I mentioned something about out of all the, the braves that had been traded uh, during the reboot, rebuild that I missed Cam Maven the most. And I still stand by that, for the record.
1: <laughs> that's a horrible <laughs> and, take.
2: Uh, no, it was the Sox. I loved that guy. But and you know, you respect, respectfully of course disagreed with my take and um this was in a this was a really rough phase for me. From I feel like for some other people I would have done that Dave O'Brien thing and just tried to quote tweet shame you and hey, look, uh, you know, look everybody, I'm I'm shaming this guy, but I didn't do that. And now 98 episodes <laughs> later, here right. we are two <laughs> two years later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it took it took some time to get here, but uh, yeah, I don't think I I, I knew that thing about A Rod and Peter. So
1: huh. like, what do you know? Sperry is our Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that works. It's our six yeah. degrees of Josh Sperry. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> good that we've we're got connected to? <laughs> right. It's good that we've got somebody that we can bring a little levity to the show with because uh, I know you guys have heard the news and things are not all right in Braves world right now as. Um, we got a resolution to Josh Donaldson. Um, just not uh, sure it's the one that we all wanted.
0: No, I would have liked it to swing a different way. But okay, so like let's let's start with like something good. Out of all the alternatives, I'm happy he went to Minnesota because I like Minnesota and he's not in the NL East.
2: That's really true. I mean, for for as long as Washington was rumored to be in on him, and I always mm-hmm. thought that the, the Phillies were going to be a real sneaky candidate there. And you know, my brother lives in Minneapolis. The twins are my are my American League side piece. I'm totally okay with with yeah. that aspect of it. But you know, and we we knew, I mean, he he signed a one year deal. And that that still lent itself to the possibility that, you know, he really may only stick around for one year. And even when all of the signs are pointing to the twins are dropping out, which is the thing that got reported. And the Nationals just signed like five guys in Two days or whatever—it it really looked like it, this was going to happen, and I—I um, I don't know. I'll well, be curious to see what the Plan B is now. We always look at the moves and say this is great, but what now? And uh, let's just hope that there's a resolution on this Chris Bryant thing. I think Plan B relatively soon.
1: I think Plan B signed like eight weeks ago.
2: Yeah. So so. So what now? Well, how about, first, how about this? Would you have done the deal that the Twins gave Justin Um
1: I'm going to defer to Sperry here to start this off, because you guys all pretty much know what I'm going to say. I think I would have, like, without
0: really much hesitation. It's like when, when he was hitting free agency, I was under the impression, I was like, okay, Whatever you're gonna sign them for, if you can get like two, at least like two, maybe two and a half of like elite years like last year. If you can get something like that, then you deal with whatever year four could be. Because the Braves are in their window. We figured this out now. Two straight NLE's titles, they're in the window. He makes your team better in the window. I I mean I was kinda of, I was a little upset when I saw the figures come out. The basically four for ninety two. Like I was like, okay, I feel like the Braves could have and should have matched that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like that much, but they must have been just totally opposed to that fourth year. If that's the sticking point, then I, I get that. You know, I do yeah. I do get that being the sticking point. But at the same time, mm, this does force some kind of unpleasant realities. You know, I mean, and it for some reason like this whole offseason, when they're doing all these things, and you know, Darno is the only one they've really added to the offense. And, you know, you're hoping you're going to get a healthier NCR game back. So you're mm-hmm. looking at the lineup and you're assuming Donaldson's in it. You're like, I can live with that. That is a, you know, yeah. that exact lineup won the East last year, won 97 games. And outside of some real bad juju that happened, that team was poised to make a deep run. But now that Donaldson's not in it, I'm going, oh, my God, nothing is OK. And, and I'm not like mega alarmist about this because something is going to happen whether it's any of these candidates that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks something's going to happen but it just I'm with you I could have endured I could have endured some bad years on the back end of that If uh, maybe like,
0: maybe that's the thing where we're like us as fans because we're not cutting the check because it's like it, it's its kind of the same logic that maybe Anthopolis had like okay I don't want to pay for that bad fourth year whereas like you know what I can deal with it over two years but when you're balancing like the money wise and all that, like, okay, maybe that, maybe we all think the same. He's just willing to, we were just willing to do it. Cause it's not our money.
1: I think the other yeah, thing maybe- to point out on that is, um, I quite honestly, I don't, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done four guaranteed years with an optional fit that he's really going to get paid either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily for the money. Cause it's not a ton of money, mm-hmm. but if you're going that far out, you get past the point where Acuna and Ozzy are cost-controlled, and they or Acuna, or Acuna at least actually starts making some real money, uh, like up to $17 million. and you're going to break into that window of where you're having to extend uh, guys like Soroka and Max Freed. Uh, and, and even... Uh, yeah, Freddie, but we can all assume that's going to happen anyway. But a lot of that's these other fine. young guys, uh, even Dansby will at that point be up for an extension. Uh, I'm assuming that they don't just extend him right away. Uh, You got guys like Nukem will be up for it if he manages to survive Uh, what's going on here. So I I wouldn't have gone that far. Uh, And I do think it's the years. Doc, do you remember a few weeks ago? I kind of wondered the Charlie Culberson thing. If Alex might have had a mandate that Liberty didn't care if he spent more money as long as they weren't bad value deals. And I kind of think this falls under that umbrella.
2: Yeah, I I remember that. And I think there's something to it. I mean, for, for all of the reasons that, that we had, we were nervous about him getting a fourth year for, for that very reason, we should be not excited, but we should be kind of relieved that we don't have to face down that reality. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, you look around at some 37 year old players, you know, even the ones that were great when they were 33, 34, I mean, there's, there's no guarantees there. So I, I mean, think that you could be onto something.
1: Is there is there a, a 30 uh a, a, there's like one hitter over 35 that I can name that is an elite hitter, and that's Nelson Cruz. Also aside, a twin. Aside mm-hmm. from that though, I I really am not sure that there are any other elite offensive players past the age of 35. It's not the steroid era anymore where you can use these steroids to recover and keep yourself rejuvenated up into your 40s. Like that that's not the game anymore. And as you get older, your your soft tissue starts to degrade, Doc. You're the oldest one among us. You can speak to that.
2: I'm falling apart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just had to throw a little subtle dig at you to make sure that uh, make sure you know never leave me. Uh, but it does put the Braves in, uh, I would say, a precarious situation. But I would also accept a horrible spot because. All of the backup plans, like Mike Moustakas, who I went into this offseason dead set that he was the backup plan if Josh Donaldson jumped ship, Uh, he signed like two weeks into the offseason. So there's not a whole lot on the third base market left. Like everybody keeps talking about Nolan Mm -hmm. Arenado. That's the guy that everybody keeps throwing out for. And we'll talk about Arenado in a second. Uh, But it's not like Arenado doesn't present his own cast of worries, uh, just acquiring him. You got Then you've got uh, Chris Bryant, who we all know by now is the guy that I, I think is going to be a Brave and who I have been kind of stumping for all offseason. Um, but even that, I mean, you're going to end up giving something of value, which goes against Alex's MO for the most part as well in his Braves tenure. But you start getting around that, everything else kind of just gets into like wishing and hoping. Like we can all hope that Matt Chapman can somehow be it away from Oakland, but there's no reason why they should trade him. You look at Eugenio Suarez, and if this were still Walt Jockety with the Reds, I'd say, yeah, go get Eugenio, but you missed that boat two, three years ago, and Nick Kroll looks like he's actually trying to win in Cincinnati, whether he's actually trying to make the playoffs or just to kind of try to change the culture. Uh, trading your 50 home run third baseman doesn't seem like a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aside from yeah, that... But- I mean, who else is left? Like, are we going to be stuck with like Gio Rochella or good God, Evan Longoria? No. Uh, please, no. Uh, how do you, hey,
2: you're Miguel Andujar. Um, no, I mean, and I I think at this point, it is most logical. You're going to have a lot more options on the, the outfield market. You know, just getting like Starly Marte, uh, just getting Ozuna or Castellanos, that's a good step, but you have to supplement that a, a little bit more and, and as far as like all of the moves that'll take i'm not sure but i i turn i turn to the outfield at this point and if you can get a Bryant, because brian plays in the outfield too people like to ding on his defense i think that if you were to stop moving him around so much then he might have a, a much better opportunity to thrive in one spot because i mean you see what happens with these guys if you're like jack of all trades master of none then you're you're like okay, well, you're kind of good at a lot of stuff. but you are not really good at anything. So Bryant gives you the chance. He gives you a third baseman or he gives you a left fielder. If you, you know, because Snitker has shown his um, willingness to adapt to, you know, moving guys around and platoons and doing like, like that. That's not, it's he's, not as good as we might like it to be. He's not know. Joe Madden. He could do better. He He could do better. Somebody could sit down with him, but. Brian's probably the move, and yeah, like a guy like Urshela, a guy like Andrew Hart, the Chapman probably not. Chapman's not gonna happen because I think Antopolis burned being one time too many.
0: So, they're, and plus, like they're a ninety-plus win team, like they're not gonna right. trade their superstar third baseman just to do it just because.
1: Not just their superstar third baseman, their superstar third baseman who they don't have to pay anything to for like another two exactly. seasons.
0: Yeah, like there's. I mean, if you just want to send the entire farm system to them, sure, maybe they'll do it, but I can't see. Okay, so I don't mean to bring Marcakis into this, but I thought about this earlier today. If they do pivot to the outfield, like how much less sense does that Marquecas signing make?
1: See, I don't because think it makes less sense because it's still not paid a lot. And if you're talking about $4 million dollars for Marquecas as a fourth outfielder, that's fine. You just have to actually use him as a fourth right, outfielder.
0: Right, and that's that's kind of where I'm like at because I'm like, Okay, so you have Marcaicus and you have Duvall, and like if they bring in a corner outfielder, like what's Snick like a Snicker gonna bench Marcakis? It goes back to that. Like a Snicker actually going to move Marcaicus to not even a platoon, just more of a backup. If they got like an Azuna, Castellanos, Bryant, somebody who can actually like play a corner and they're not going to platoon one of them three with Nick Marcaicus.
1: Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that despite what I'm hearing from reporters and, and certain Braves insiders that the Braves wouldn't get a a cleanup type corner outfielder and platoon them with Markekis?
0: I'm so, just a co-host on a podcast and a guest on another podcast, but I feel pretty safe saying that one of them three would play full-time over Markekis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I also am a co-host of a podcast and I think that that is a very accurate statement. I mean, I don't think that I, sweet Kevin we we all love Kevin and he tries real hard that was not his best take ever. no we'll and allow really, allow really me to like say
1: that. I'm not trying to mess with Kevin Kevin is one of the nicest people in the business he I, is. I really do love Kevin McAlpin but he wears his Nick Marcakis love on his sleeve and uh, occasionally it, it kind of blinds him a little bit uh, I mean we're all susceptible to it Doc with Mike Fulton Evich me with Angelton Simmons or Johan Camargo or Max Fried me with Buxton yeah, you definitely you with buxton <laughs> this <laughs> year is the year <laughs> he's, he, he's gonna By- play 162 byron buxton <laughs> is josh sperry's baseball version of josh gordon yep poor josh i finally have to bow out on josh
0: gordon though. they're forcing me to <laughs> the man is forcing me to
1: it is uh it, it is it is a very honestly it's kind of a scary situation for the braves now, one thing that I do think that it's important to point out in this whole venture, because everybody's freaking out now about the fact that right now, if you went into opening day, Travis Darno would be your cleanup hitter. Everybody keeps saying Markakis, but Darno would bat ahead of Markakis. Um The I don't. I'm not as now. Okay, hold on. Let me actually try to get this out without sounding like a crazy person. Um, I don't think it's as necessary to get another say. 35, 40 home run type of guy. Like I would love that. And obviously I want as many 40 home run guys as possible in my lineup, but I don't think that it's, you have to get Aaron Otto or, or the season's over before it begins. I do think that solidifying the bullpen in the manner that you have. And I do think that the natural growth you're going to get from guys like Soroka and especially freed, who's now coming off his first full season as a starter that is going to round out the team a little bit to where the offense mm-hmm. doesn't have to be quite as prolific as it was a season ago, uh, especially because the division is not... While it's going to still be tight, it's not going to be quite as offensive heavy as it was a season ago, uh, especially with Rendon now being out west. That yeah. that Nationals lineup really isn't much to to look at without Rendon right there. Now, this is not to excuse not getting a, a real cleanup option or, or another Dynamite player like a Starling Marte. Uh, but I do think we might be making a touch too much out of it right now as far as crying that the season might already be over. Uh, I think solidifying the bullpen the way we did uh, was probably the biggest weakness of the team, even though I know how the offense performed in the playoffs. Uh, but that's more of a, a fact that you're... You had guys uh, playing one hundred and fifty five, one hundred and fifty eight, one hundred and sixty two. Yeah, and like, and
0: that's just, that's just baseball too. Like you're going to have bad weeks; it just happened to show up in a five game stretch. Well,
1: It happened like, to show up because everybody everybody sucked in September because everybody played one hundred and fifty five plus games, and that's on your well, manager. We just Snickers. ain't built like that. <laughs> Snickers <laughs> got to learn that part of it, and I am I am assuming Alex had a, a very strong heart to heart with Snicker about that. Uh, because mm-hmm. in the playoffs, it just looked like nobody aside from Acuna and Dansby and Albies had any legs underneath them, aside from Duval for, like, that one game. You could argue Acuna didn't really
0: have any legs underneath him either, and that's why I didn't get the second on that ball off
1: the wall. Hey, 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 oh. hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not going to do that, Mr. Snarky. Uh, but... <laughs> Now, I did mention earlier that we were going to talk about Arenado. Uh, we will in one second, but I want to exhaust all other options that maybe haven't been discussed yet. So everybody keeps talking about Marcelo Zuna, Nick Castellanos. Uh, Doc, you and I are on the same page that it's far more likely to be Marcelo Zuna than Nick Castellanos. For a, and there's a couple reasons, actually. Uh, number one, Nick Castellanos might be the worst defender in Major League Baseball. <laughs> I'm not sure who's worse between him and J.D. Martinez and Jorge Soler, uh, but I think a mouse could starve on the difference. They are all atrocious. So anybody that thinks that you could just plug Cassianos back in at third base, uh, he had like a negative 17 DRS season his last season at third I'm, base.
0: I'm pulling up his, uh, out above average on Savant real quick. I'll chime back in in a second. Lillian.
1: So I hope you're ready to hear that disgusting tirade. Um, Marcelo Zuna is a guy that in 2017 played really good defense. Now it is hard to tell whether 2017 was more of like a kind of a, an outlier year for Marcelo Zuna. Cause that really is, I think that's the only season he's hit above 30 home runs. Um, but he certainly has power. He hits the ball hard as can be doc. And I outline about Marcelo Zuna all the time. Um, now assuming that like, I'm just going to take him and Cassianos out of the mix right now, because those are the two names that everybody's talking about. Uh, I've got a couple other names, doc that, um, aren't getting thrown around quite as much. I've thrown them around on Twitter a few times, but I want to make them TPS solid here. Um, Mark Canna, what would you say if I said that Alex would go get Mark Canna?
2: Well, that kind of comes back to the same thing with Chapman. You know, they, even being in a division with the Astros, whatever you think about them, they are a powerhouse, and, you know, a surging Rangers team, and, you know, Mike Trout being there, Oakland still found a way to win 90 plus and they advanced in the wild card. No, they, they lost to Tampa in the wild card game, but they still made it. Right. So, yeah. so going and getting a guy like Chapman, going and getting a guy like Canna, any, any of these guys, it's going to be a little tricky because they don't really have any incentive to move them. I think that you would have to bowl them over in a vacuum. Yeah, that's a really smart move.
1: Now, the one thing that I think helps for Canna is that this is his final season. And if there's one thing we know about Oakland, it's that they will deal a guy in the final year of his contract because they're not going to pay him anyway. Uh, I do think you can. The question is, how much would you have to give up? They desperately need pitching. If you look at that Oakland starting rotation, uh, I believe there's a person by the name of Paul Blackthorne, which I'm not sure that's a real person or if that's like a CIA code name but that's apparently one of on their, the twins. That's one of their starting pitchers. He's real.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I know him, but he's real <laughs> And for the
2: for, quick with the correction.
1: They do yeah, have Jesus. Lizardo. Yeah. Jesus. Lizardo is a stud. Uh, AJ puck has stud qualities. Also has, um, shall we say Brent Honeywell qualities to him, um, mm-hmm. but they don't have a whole lot in the way of, of big time arms. They'll get Sean Manaya back.
0: I'm not sure yeah, it's went. like I mean because they'll get but all three of those guys are coming off arm injuries from last year so yep. I mean what like conservatively like you probably put like 130 140 innings on them
1: somewhere right. around there that's what I would think especially Lazardo, you're gonna have to walk yeah, in with kid gloves because he may start out of the pen you never know. Like I would
0: put him in the rotation, but they could decide to use him out of the bullpen.
1: Now see, I'm not I'm usually not in favor of, of putting a guy who's had an arm injury into the pen for a very simple reason. You tend to overthrow more as a reliever than you do as a starter. I would be more worried that he's gonna re-injure something else just trying to throw overly hard. I've never been a big fan of that. I understand you gotta work their stamina back up. But I, I'm very I'm always very leery when you put a high, high end prospect like Alex Reyes, I kind of feel like that's half the problem with Alex Reyes. Why
2: well, can't get well? Yeah, because air it out.
1: Every time he gets back in, he's in short stints. So instead of you know throttling down to ninety four to ninety seven, he's out there trying to throw a hundred. Uh, and yeah, there's and only so much torque. Punches too. wall. <laughs> that too uh, We we know guys that like to punch balls. We got Sean Newcomb breaking out fire extinguishers and trying to explode the Braves dugout. So we know about that. Um, and also. Paul Blackburn did not play for the Twins. I don't know who I'm thinking of.
0: <laughs> you see? Well, I would have bet money he played for the Twins. He has never played for the Twins. I, don't, I have literally no clue, no clue who I'm thinking about.
1: It's all right. It'll come to you. But uh... I'm trying to Google him right now. and The first two options that are coming up are Paul Blart Malkop and Paul
2: Bunyan. I don't think that <laughs> either of them played for the Twins either. Paul Bunyan, God. maybe. M- yeah, Bunyan's probably the closest. Yeah. Definitely first baseman's body.
0: Anywhere. Well, where was, hold on, where was Mall Cop Shop?
2: Did they do that at like the Mall of America or whatever in Minneapolis? That's entirely possible. Uh, talk about things I never thought I'd Google. Uh, where was Paul Blart Mall Cop Film? Somebody's looked this up before. Uh, Burlington Mall. Mall. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to be
1: in your search history forever. Great. <laughs> you're going to open Facebook or Twitter and you're just going to have ads for Mall Cop 4.
2: Yeah. They made a couple sequels. I think that there's like a loyal, um, there's got a cult following. Paul Blart: Malcom for <laughs> Citizens on Patrol.
1: Now, seriously though, we do have to we do have to keep this on track because I I've been known to get off track here. Uh, Doc, if I were to ask you for one name that hasn't been talked about really as far as an outfielder, do you have any others to contribute? I mean,
2: any of the ones that you want are going to be the names that we've probably kicked around. I mean, you look at some of the kind of under the radar guys like you know, Cattell Marte. Who Arizona's in a weird spot? Maybe they would be interested in trying to cash in on him because he's coming off a seven more season, but he's never even approached anything like that before. Uh, you know, somebody like Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil is a pest, and I would love to have him on our team just so we don't have to face him all the time. But the Mets are going to trade him in the division, so um, I honestly, I don't know, man. I mean, we're going to wake up. Day after tomorrow, and Anthopoulos is going to have traded for Jock Peterson. And then we'll say, oh, yeah, we thought about that years ago. And nobody's thinking about it now. It's like a, a dated trade or something. So I, I still – one of the, the two guys that are out there now, Cassianos, if you if you do go after a dead guy, like Cassianos, let me say this, you don't have to give up the draft pick for him. And mm-hmm. I know that that doesn't matter as much to other people, but he got traded midseason. He doesn't have a qualifying offer. You just recouped the Will Smith pick. With the fact that Donaldson signed with the Twins, and the international sanctions are ending soonish, but they're not there yet, and we're currently doing the talking chop, talk, uh, top talking chop, top thirty prospects. Yeah, got was stuff. And w- once you start looking at kind of the bottom part of everybody's list, it does get a little bleak. So you do still kind of have to hold on to the draft picks a little bit. You can put Castellanos and right and give Acuna left field because it's a little bit more ground to cover. You can shade NCRK a little bit, have Marquecas on your bench. There you go.
1: There you go.
2: I solved it. I fixed it.
1: How about you, Sperry? You got any uh, names rolling around that you haven't hoard uh, out no, for clicks? No, not that I haven't. No, not that I haven't.
0: I'm kind of at the point where, like, if you're going to address third base, like, if you can get – if you can somehow work out, like, an Arenado, somehow work out a Bryant, awesome. Not that, like, I'm okay, I guess. I mean, I still like Camargo. I think last year it was Snicker not playing him at all. That was really what, like, made last season kind of a nightmare for the first half. Um, Like, and you got Riley. Like, I just – I was texting somebody about this the other day. Like, I almost – if you can't like land one of the big guys or whatever, it's like you almost kind of want to just go like let Riley play left field, like go Riley, Acu- not Acuna, uh, Ender Acuna, and then just like Camargo play third. Like that's kind of where I'm at too. Like if we set, like if we end up with that, I think I'll be okay. But no other names that I can really think of.
1: See, I'm so leery about starting off the season depending on Austin Riley. And I, I mean, oh, I
0: am too. I'm right there with you. The second half was an absolute nightmare.
1: I mean, just looking at his month to month stats, aside from April or aside from May and like the first week and a half of June, he was so abysmal, man. He he really was. And it's not even I mean, just there that There was he, an injury in there. Yeah, there but was it's an it's, injury no. in there. It's, Granted, he he
2: bailed like he started to bail for about 2 months before that happened but even when he came back i get excused the part after the injury it's just the 2 months leading up to that that are yeah that i figure real
1: question well it's not even just the strikeouts because those can be fixed as you start to recognize pitches but the walk rates were atrocious mm. you're talking like salvador mm. perez walk rates <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it was a, I mean the struggle was legit and and Camargo I think you make a really good point, Sperry, about uh, the fact that Snit really didn't play him at all, you know and and there was a for the from June 10th on Donaldson was on fire, but leading up to that, mm-hmm. I mean there wasn't really as much reason to shut Camargo out as that as no. what up getting displayed. so I think if it comes to this because I still think they're going to make a move, but I think that if, if, if Camargo winds up being the guy at third. I think that's a much better option than a lot of people are considering because of yeah. the way last year went. So, and
0: it's weird because like when they signed Donaldson, everyone was like, "But Camargo," and now all of a sudden, like Camargo, like, "Oh, we can't start him. Like, there's no
2: way you can possibly start him." It's just right. right.
1: You know, you know how Twitter and Facebook go, Sperry. It's what have that's you done true. for me immediately? Uh, and, and I love Johan Camargo. I mean, it's pretty well known that it's hard to find a. a larger Camargo fan than me in this town um, but I, I, I still while I do believe in Camargo I still would not be super comfortable in a year that you're expecting to right. either compete for a World Series or win a playoff series for the first time in you know 20 years that you would roll out with guys that struggled as much as they did a year ago and while it could work out, it worked out in 2018 the chances are for a team like the Braves, you're not really an underdog team anymore. Now you've got expectations. Mm -hmm. Now you're in a window and it's a very short window of where Acuna and Albies are both super cost controlled at the time. Now, they're always going to be cost controlled just because of how talented they are and how much they get paid. But they're making... Peanuts right now. I think they're both making like a million dollars this year.
0: Yeah, I looked it up because I didn't realize how fast Acuna's like deal escalates. Yeah, he's a million this year, five million next year, and then fifteen after that, and then it's seventeen the rest of the way.
1: Right. So you have to take advantage of this when you can. Now as asked to Olin uh, to Nolan Arenado, which I know is what you guys have or you listeners have all been waiting for. I've got a little bit of a different take on Arenado. I don't think he's getting dealt. I don't think that Arizona. I don't think that uh, Colorado is is actively shopping him. I think they're listening. The same way that the Braves were listening on Freddie Freeman in 2015. If you blow them away, they'll deal him. But they're not looking to like, hey, we got to move on from him.
0: Yeah, and I think figuring out that trade, if they do end up trading, figuring out that trade is going to be a nightmare. Because it's like, okay, so when you're like, obviously, return wise for the player itself, independent of the contract, They can pretty much ask for whatever they want because he's that level of player. But then it's like, okay, so you have the opt-out in two years. Okay, so that lessens what somebody's going to want to give up for him because, hey, we're scared that he's going to leave us in two years. If you say, okay, then we'll change the opt-out to a year on the back end, then it's $250 million or whatever it is. And a a nine-year contract.
1: That's a nine-year contract if you move that opt-out to the back end.
2: Yeah, and if like, they're not giving Josh Donaldson five and one hundred and four, I don't know if they're going to give Nolan Arenado nine and two hundred and fifty. I don't think even, so. Yeah, even for the, and prospects on top of that. I mean, right? The guy's like, the guy's amazing, but
1: I oh. mean, you you definitely be giving up Christian Pache uh, and and or Drew Waters. I I would assume that you're giving up Pache and an Ian Anderson type. I don't think you're getting out of that deal with less than no. two top fives.
2: Even even if you're just looking at it from you know something that could make the deal more palatable? Yeah, I mean you're going to pay out the nose through prospects. No, mm-hmm. ma- no matter what, like depending on how much money they send, it'll it'll influence that. But right. And and it's it's nice to talk about, and, you know we all like to to think about the best case scenario. You want to talk about a really good infield defense? You know you throw oh. Arenado at <laughs> third base. You know you saw what happened with Donaldson last year, and Arenado is one of the few guys mm-hmm. in the league that's actually better than Donaldson is. So. Oh man, glad we signed uh, Yonervis Salarte. That that's the third baseman that we've been waiting for right there. So you yep. know he will be uh, it's like when we signed uh, Christian Colone a couple years ago, spring training hero, Christian Colone.
1: Now with Yonervis Salarte, this is a guy that I'm glad because we got somebody who can actually play defense at shortstop and play it pretty decently. It's more just etch of a reinsurance. I also hope we never have to find out if he can still play shortstop. <laughs>
2: Yeah, a hundred
1: percent. This is a guy that his past two seasons has put up about negative two war, if that lets you know anything. One of those seasons, by the way, uh where it was like a negative one point three war, he had seventeen home runs and still had a negative war season. Did he
2: really? I didn't realize it was quite like that. I knew that he fell off a cliff. I, I mean he is like okay. The Toronto year?
1: Yeah, uh, he had like a two twenty seven OBP. Yeah, two
0: two two seventy seven, six fifty five OPS.
2: With 17 home runs, he was able to pull that off. That's impressive, actually. I'm not even mad. That's amazing to I mean, <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's that one of the,
1: That's one of the weirdest bad seasons ever. I think that's the most homers he ever hit in a year.
0: He had 18 the year before. I got mean, uh, the page up. I pulled it up. Uh, stupid Solarte.
2: You know, and he he is a guy, but like when you look at um, and you look at who he was when he was with the Padres, he was like he be good for a while. He was kind of like a Camargo type, or what they were trying to combine with 2018 and 2019 Camargo. Guy that could hit a little bit, play multiple positions, give you anywhere between, you know, 14 or, as it turns out, 18 runs, but, but not, not an elite-level player. You used the term glue guy last week, Dylan. I, I think that that's, that's kind of what he was when he was in San Diego. But there was nothing for him to hold together while he was out there. And then he has a lot of really – tragic off-field stuff like his story yes. with, with his wife and everything like that was uh that was sad but uh you know that's that's the type of guy that you never stop rooting for and when you've got charlie Culberson, who's going to be fighting for that super utility role and now you know, Salarte nervous who's going to be fighting for it everybody's like if you like a feel-good bench this is it yeah this is the team and for you
0: His like he's not really good hitter anymore like anything like the biggest thing for him is versatility and it's like it comes to the point where we need to have him on the roster like that's the nice part of him but there's a reason why he got a minor league deal like let's let's hope we don't have to figure out if he can still like play over like like 100 games
1: i mean the versatility is nice but i think we as braves fans are overrating versatility because we don't have a manager that likes to employ that versatility so it almost becomes like a, a, a useless strength if it's not that's going true. to be used. And I I, I don't – I think he's basically – he's Pedro Florimon for this season. They're not planning on having to use him. If he comes out and he's dominant or there's some injuries in spring training, fine. He's a guy that's a veteran. He, he won't take much to, to get ready for the show and, and all that good stuff. And it'll keep you from burning an option on somebody else. It, it doesn't affect what they're doing at all. Uh, but it is – one of those things where kind of lets you. There's just not much out there still around mm-hmm. third base or even around corner outfield that you can just buy, and this is kind of the problem. So everybody who's mentioning Nolan Arenado, uh, most of them are rightly mentioning that if you're going to go in on Arenado, you should have just gone in on Anthony Rendon. Now that's not to say yeah. that you know Anthony Rendon. Maybe he just didn't want to come to Atlanta. Maybe he wanted to go out west. It's possible. I mean, maybe you can't force anybody to take your money. I mean, they they get uh-huh. to decide where they want to go, uh, but it. The Braves were never even really reportedly in on Rendon. I think they checked in on him once and that's all that came about from that. So it would it it almost looks like they almost took it for granted that Donaldson wasn't going to get a four or five year offer. Yeah. Doc, you're weirdly quiet.
2: I'm uh,
1: yeah, I know.
2: I know. I drifted off. I stopped paying attention. I started reading a book. I'm so sorry. What are we talking about? Reading a book. What Nerd. What's nerd. <laughs> Stephen King. The Outsider. Not really. Okay. No. I, to- I totally zoned <laughs> out. I-, I-, I mentally stubbed myself. No, I-, I, I do. I think you're right though. I think that they they took for granted. I mean, it was just kind of assumed that that JD was going to wind up being back. And and if if they were going to go out and get Rendone, they would have been. It's not that they would have been mentioned as more of a presence, but I mean it kind of seemed like a long shot from the beginning. It's easy to draw the parallels to so it's like, oh well, uh they drafted him all that time ago. Like ten years later, he's still holding on to it saying, Man, I cannot <laughs> wait until I'm a free agent. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go home. they yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> and, and people want to question Donald be like I think you pointed this out last week, Dylan. Like, why would Josh Donaldson be loyal to the Braves? He has no
0: loyalty to the Braves.
1: He played one year. He played one year, and they scooped him up at $23 because he was injured the season and a half before. Like, there's no loyalty to the Braves. It it made perfect
0: sense for a one-year deal because he knew Anthopolis because the training staff was here. Like, you could almost say, like, he just wanted to prove he was healthy. So he's like, I'm going to go to the staff that kept me healthy. I don't care where they are. And then I'm leaving. Like, that could have been it all along. Exactly.
1: I mean... Or it could have been, hey, these guys are offering me $23 million for one season. I'm super awesome. All I have to do is play for a whole season, and everybody's going to see how yeah, awesome exactly. I am. That's all it was. That that kind of goes into my next point. There's a lot of people right now that are are trying to call Alex Anthopoulos and Liberty Media cheap. Now, last year last year in the season before, I was one of you, and I would agree. But there was one thing I wanted to see above all else this offseason, and that was spending money. The Braves have spent more money this offseason than all than what 85% of major league teams. They've Mm -hmm. spent like $100 million this offseason. They're going to go into opening day with the highest payroll they've had since like 2009. I mean, they've spent a ton of money.
0: That narrative got thrown out the window at the trade deadline. When you go out and you get Melanson, when you know you have to pay him like $15 million the next year, you have Shane Green, you know, it's going to be like seven or so. Like, you know, all this, like that narrative ended when they spent all that money in the bullpen and like to continue it into the offseason. I know, obviously, Donaldson didn't work, but you bring in Will Smith, you bring in Darnot, like you bring in Chris Martin back. They're spending money like that narrative doesn't work anymore.
2: And there is still work to be done too. They they're gonna do something about the lineup. Whether it's a trade yeah. where they absorb some level of payroll. I mean, if they were committed to giving let's say that they were gonna give JD twenty five million, or that's what they had had bookmarked for him, then that means they still have twenty five million left to spend. And they gotta do a little work on the bench too. So I mean, payroll is crawl, you know, up to one fifty or so. Now, mm-hmm. granted it's not where you want it with like we're not like flirting with a luxury tax or anything, but like I mean, at a certain point, that's probably a good thing because yeah, when I, I don't necessarily want that per se. You right, you shouldn't the, have the, to. So, so much which, comes with that. Look at the, where the Red Sox are at right now. You know, they've got mm-hmm. all these big money guys, and they're scrambling. Like, okay, well, if we attach uh, Mookie Betts to David Price, we're going to clear sixty million dollars of payroll. Like, what are you going to get for that other than peace of mind and and the flexibility? Like, you're not right. It just it just creates a whole bunch of problems. So I I think yeah you can't really call them cheap anymore. They're just right. The term conservative has, has such a negative connotation with it anymore due to some things outside of baseball. So when you say something is being conservative, unless you are also conservative, then that's just seen as like a bad word. It's just yeah. another word for like in baseball terms, conservative is like smart, not irresponsible. These are things that you you should want your team to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, aside from you can't you can't call them cheap just because they didn't spend the money where you wanted them to spend it. Like, they still spent mm-hmm. the money; it just wasn't on the players that you wanted them to spend it on. And that really, even that's just because it's a, a visceral reaction to the recent Donaldson news. Like they've spent a ton of money. I'm perfectly happy that they're spending money. I love what they've done to the bullpen now. You and I talked about this last week, Doc. It is gonna still be a little bit disappointing if they don't do anything else to add to this offense. And you and I both believe they will. Josh, I know you believe they will too. Yeah. Um. It. It's. It's. There's. There's still some time to go. There is going to be something that happens. I can. I can almost one hundred percent assure you. I will say that I'm at like ninety five percent sure they will not roll into the season with two platoons going on. That's, or
2: three. That's three counting the catcher. And people may not like what what the moves wind up being, but something something's going to get done. They were yeah. too close last year. I can see being conservative going into 2019, but not, yeah, not 2020. No,
1: no. There, there's too much to gain from this, and there's too much that they have to do to prove themselves, because this is... 2018, you had the excuse that, oh, this is the first time they made it, they weren't quite ready. Last year, there were no excuses. You got beat out by a team that shouldn't have even been on the diamond with you, quite honestly, that right. were, were about as good as the Mets and had no business progressing where they did but that's for another time that's for another story we got to take a break when we come back speaking of those mets there's something in the wind that might be the new most mets thing ever we'll discuss that when we come back right here on the platinum sombrero
2: this week's episode of the platinum sombrero podcast is brought to you by the new bestseller from tps publishing 101 places to avoid before you die Join us and discover why you should never consider going to places like Gary, Indiana, Stockton, California, Griffin, Georgia, and why you should avoid the entire state of Nebraska like the plague. This updated edition also includes a full-page layout demonstrating why you should not go to North Dakota in the winter or Tampa, Florida ever for any reason. Our newest masterwork also discusses why you should stay home instead of going to places like the DMV, the airport, the county fair, any buffet-style restaurant, or church on Wednesdays. 101 Places to Avoid Before You Die. Patent pending.
1: Hi, my name is What? My name is huh? My name is My <moans> <moans> name my name is, huh?
0: my name is uh, what? My name is What? <moans> 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 uh-huh. My name is Sadie. <moans> <moans> my name is What? Excuse me.
1: My name is Can I have the attention uh-huh. of the class? Uh-huh. My name For one second. Uh-huh. My name is do you welcome like back Kiss? to the platinum sombrero are you shocked that it's my voice and not docs well you shouldn't be we're having to do this old school if you didn't notice in the first segment so just in the interest of continuity trying to keep this as, as easy to listen to as possible for all of you uh, as I teased before the break we're going to mention possibly the most Mets outcome of all time and I'm talking about a team that had multiple players get hand foot and mouth disease they had is- a man get attacked by a boar yeah <laughs> Broke his ankle By a wild boar In 2019 On his ranch But no this one moment is The most messed moment of all time and we'll talk about it Coming up but first we do have to talk About the stadium Uh, of course Everybody knows by now the stadium Is no longer SunTrust Park shockingly Enough when SunTrust is no longer a Bank the bank that is or Formerly known as SunTrust decided to change The stadium to their current name of Truest Bank Park. Uh, before we go super far into this, do either of you care at all about the name? Does it offend either of you overly much? No.
2: Yeah. Same. I mean, I find it interesting that after all the outrage about the chop, and now that you've got a part that you can abbreviate TP, uh, that's kind of weird. But I mean, I they announced this back in like June that, that, that this merger was going to happen between BB&T and SunTrust. And yeah, you know, that's when the word truest came out. And I mean, I, I was kind of ready. I don't know, it, seems, it seems like I might've been the only one. There were a lot of people that got big mad, just humongously mad at the name. Like they haven't been talking about it for like seven months. Not yeah, just so.
1: talking about it. We've literally been saying that they're going to call us truest park since we figured out this bank is going to be called truest bank. Like, Right. There's been no no shock. I think the worst part... Now, that kind of gets on my nerves a little bit, people freaking out about the name, but can I say that while those people are just kind of looking for reasons to complain right now, the way that the Braves handled this might be the most tone-deaf thing of all time. Like, the amount... The absurd amount of hype that they tried to put behind it, like, we're having this major announcement just to call it Truist Bank Park.
2: You know, I thought, I thought about that. And, in from the baseball fan perspective, I'm like, this has got to be a huge deal for them. They, they've got to put their name on a baseball stadium. It's like, oh yeah. After they bought like a different billion dollar bank, that's probably a much bigger deal. But like, if I'm Truist bank, they're, they're doing this like a peacock in full plumage. They're yeah. kind of like, we've got so much money. We're gonna throw a press conference. We're gonna tell. We're gonna every invite everybody. We're catering food for every. And then it's like, it's no big surprise to me. I just I, I I would do the exact same thing. I would I would buy Truist Bank Park and I would just change the name to something ridiculous. And I would hold a press conference that lasted like forty five hours. I'm, I'm keeping everybody hostage. You will you will have a good time at my press conference. Look at how much fun yeah, this- I have. This wasn't about the Braves. Like let's be real. This wasn't about the Braves. This was about Truist.
1: Of course, because be- they paid for the stadium and most of the battery. Exactly. Like, not, only that, creative, n- not only that, creative. Not only they- that, the other part that I think gets gets kind of lost in the shuffle here is while you may or may not like the name, I don't really care because it's a stadium name. As long as you can hang a banner, I don't care the whole fact of selling the naming rights is kind of the reason why the Braves are able to spend the money that they're spending right now. It helps make up for the atrocious TV deal that Ted Turner, who bless his soul spent a lot of money while he owned the team, locked them into one of the worst TV contracts in major league baseball as he was leaving. Yeah. And like, I feel like people are like,
0: Oh, it's such a bad name. Like, Every name's a bad name the first time you hear it. Like, time, like, SunTrust is only like a normal name because we've been hearing about it for however long SunTrust has been around. <laughs> like, I tweeted if it was called Moon instead, if you just flipped it, like, everyone would be like, oh, how are we getting rid of Moon Field?
1: <laughs> I mean, Houston, the Houston Texans, their stadium is called the NRG Arena, like, literally spelled yeah. NRG, like, not energy. So stadiums usually have dumb names. It doesn't mean that you can't call. And there's a lot of people saying they should have named it after Hank Aaron. That would have been a cool thing. But I think that we kind of like over romanticize that nobody does that in Major League Baseball. There are no stadiums Mm -hmm. named after players. You know why? Because they don't want to put up the money to do that. So they have somebody like a big giant bank or some giant corporation that wants limitless advertising to pay for it so they let them name the stadium and they make money selling the naming rights you can still call it the hammer you can still call it the hank you can call it whatever you want nicknames don't have to be involved in the actual spelling of the name like you don't have to call it truest you can call it the hammer you can call it whatever you want
2: like if i'm getting ready to leave my house i, I never said all right i'm heading down to trust park it's like i'm going to the game all right it's just implied yeah, yeah or i, I just I,
1: I'm going to I STP. Trust. I think that's the other thing. Now, people finally got to the point where we could call it STP, and good things come right. in threes. You can't just call it TP; like that doesn't sound as good.
2: Yeah, TBP. It, this, this is
1: this is one of those things that
2: within two three months, yeah. And pe- like you said, man, everybody everybody hates everything the first time. Everything is always bad the first yeah. time. It takes a minute to get used to it, and and eventually, then we'll we'll get. The name will change again, and people will be longing for the days of truest part. So, yeah, this is just this week's outrage. But the fact that it happened on the same day that Donald Trump on somewhere so outside. perfect, so perfect. <laughs> God, oh, it allowed it allowed us to get
1: our rage reason. out. It allowed everybody to get their rage out at one time. I've been waiting for a good reason to use the Ray UGA. It makes me sick. <laughs> I've been waiting for a reason to use that and had it. Finally got it. I mean, I, I'm glad you got your. Uh, I'm glad you got your wish there. Uh, now. I think in this whole Astros scandal scenario or Astros and Red Sox, um, I haven't asked either of you yet how y'all feel, and I I feel horrible that I haven't asked you guys, how you guys feel about the punishment, whether you think it was uh, well-deserved or too light, too heavy. I kind of want to know because it's going to tie into the rest of this. So, Spare, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of the punishment?
0: I thought it was a – I don't think it was too soft. Like, I think it was a fair punishment because it's like – we still have to figure out exactly what happens with Alex Cora because it through all the reports and all that, it, it sounds weirdly that like he was the almost the mastermind behind it with the players, like it was on them. So it's like I'll like the one year for Hinch makes sense because like even if he knew and like he may or may not have supported it, or whatever, like he didn't stop it. Basically, what they got did or slapped with is like a lack of organization, organizational control. That's what him and Lou now got. And, but Lou now just throwing everybody under the bus. Yeah. Like, I don't think that was the right... Like There's no way you didn't know. You could have been the Hinch way, you could have known it was happening, and just not done anything to stop it. There's no way you didn't know. I refuse to believe that.
1: And there's reports and that then, Hinch tried to trash the system like twice. He tried to do what? Tried to trash the system twice, and they just kept putting Gosh, it back dude. up. Well, you can't trash a trash can, can you? <laughs>
2: right? Uh, <laughs> Put the trash can he, by he was, you. He uh, destroyed the monitors. I think at yeah, one point. Yeah, I mean, that was what it was. The monitors in the explicitly clubhouse.
0: Explicitly said <laughs> Alex Gord just walks to the gym, grin is like, "We need another pair of monitors, man." He's like, "Why y'all need so many monitors?"
1: <laughs> Don't worry about it. But yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I, Doc, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I think it's I think it's about right. The
2: five billion dollars is the biggest fine that you can exact on a team. I feel like if that wasn't in place, that they would have gone much. There, um, I didn't know that. I just learned that. Yeah, yeah, five five maximum fine that they can exact on that. So they they had to take it out. You know, I think the draft picks that's a killer. Um, because that it's yeah good.
0: No, I was gonna say I was gonna touch on that. Yeah, I mean that's that's because of where they're gonna pick. If their draft pool is starting in the third round at the end of the third round, that nukes two drafts.
2: No, doubt. not only that, their, their entire pool is gonna be like. Well, three four million dollars yeah i'm looking thousand. at it now
0: and the end of the third round last year we'll call that we'll say they're just a playoff team it's like five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars is their top slot amount not
1: That's only like, that though I, it also that is nuked it takes them out of basically all qualifying offer free agents it does
0: because yeah or, i mean they could just double down and be like okay we have no draft pool money let's just get rid of nothing
1: I mean, you it also it, that route. it could mean a lot to to the players that they have. They're going to have to start attaching QOs to players and letting players go that maybe they didn't want to let go because they're going to have right. to find a way to get some draft picks. There's a lot to come from. That. They got
0: they got a lot of guys coming up on like arbitration, free agency. All that. Yep. Springer's a free agent after this year. Correa
1: right? in I, a few years as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, this is this is serious for
2: them. Like, is that that you've seen what's happened with the international sanctions with the Braves farm system, not like cutting off some of the pipeline to get the young talent. I mean, that's what the Astros thrived on for years, and mm-hmm. this is just gonna kill a lot of that. I thought so much of of the narrative that we see has been directly related to the copy thing and how Luno and Hinge only got a year, and Cora's probably not gonna get suspended for for life and Brandon Taubman got a year just for being a general dickhead but you know <laughs> I was ha- I was so happy he caught a stray just like <laughs> <laughs> man he that you remember when that was the biggest scandal that was going on it seems like God. so long ago
0: and I remember but, like tweeting a ton like oh Agent Hinch is awesome for like addressing right. this like head on saying it's unsexual." and then like six months later it's like okay well maybe Hinch wasn't the best
2: guy yeah so this this is a lot of people wanted them to strip titles or have somebody that was completely banned and the thing about copy is and and i got i said this on twitter and i got plenty of feedback thank you on both sides but like it's different it's not the same thing Mm -hmm. copy lied and then he lied and then he lied about lying and then he kept lying after that they presented him with evidence and then he kept lying but he did it so yeah. everybody else that was involved, like John Hart had to leave. Gordon Blakely got suspended for a year. Copy got banned for life because he basically said, I am in charge of everything. And they were like, mm-hmm. Oh uh, okay. And then then on the flip side, you got Luna who's like, It was that guy's fault and that guy's fault, <laughs> yeah. and my wife did this. What and me? My mm-hmm. kids are guilty. You know, like he they it's just different. It's just different level of yeah. punishment. So for anybody who's still mad about that, I get it, but it's, it's a little incongruent there. So I thought the punishment was, was pretty spot on and stripping. Yeah. Stripping the world series title was never going to happen. So
0: no, I mean, and like we saw like the play, none of the players are getting any sort of thing because you, you can't go case by case and be like, okay, this person benefited this much, this person benefited this much. You'd just be like, okay, it just, it can't happen again. That's basically what the players got. Right right exactly
1: i mean copy got banned because he actually he thought that shaggy song was actually like a manual and not just a song like mm-hmm. he, he thought that he thought that's actually what you were supposed to do in that situation and it wasn't major league baseball was like um dude we know no, no no it would be so he got he got banned more for being an idiot and being a yeah. liar uh, and i i'm not going to say that it wasn't deserved like I think that the reason Hinch only got one year is because they cooperated. I think the reason right. Cora is only going to get, I think core is going to get two years. Things he's going to get between two and three. Um, but the reason he's going to get that is because he's voluntarily stepped down. Speaking of Alex Cora, who's already stepped down as Red Sox manager. Uh, how would you like that? If you're high on bloom, you finally get, by the way, I'm still super pissed that he's with the Red Sox because that was my guy in the unlikely event that AA ends up leaving me. Um, High and Bloom now in his first season with the Red Sox has to manage a weird salary cap has to manage Mookie Betts on mm-hmm. one year left of his contract. Oh now has to find a new manager.
0: Exactly not exactly what he signed up for
1: now to be fair High and Bloom is like the greatest kept secret in all of Major League Baseball. Yes like that dude that dude had his fingers in literally everything involving player development and scouting in Tampa Bay. I mean that I think Boston I think Boston got the best hire of the offseason easily with High and Bloom. Um, but there's no doubt that that Alex Cora thing is crazy, especially when you consider, like, Alex Cora. I don't know if you two know this, but, like, Alex Cora is pretty well known as being one of the best sign stealers of all time. I did not know this. Like, he had this weird affinity to be able to pick up patterns. It's very, very weird. You should read some of the stories about it sometime. I mean, it's very weird. Now, it's not... It's not breaking into the umpire's room to steal Albert Bell's corked baseball bat weird. <laughs> but it is very weird. Uh and it, it a lot of people act like they're shocked that it happened. You shouldn't be shocked. Um every major sport, the key is to get as as large of an advantage as you possibly right. can. Uh it's it's no different than football when Bill Belichick is filming the Bengals sideline for their science. Do you think they really need to know what the Bengals are calling to beat the Bengals? Uh did you see this Patriots team that well, that's um, true. Maybe maybe, they, maybe they did. Then. Maybe they did. But <laughs> but still, you you know my point. Uh, did yeah. did they need to film the Jets to be able to beat the Jets? Probably no. not. But it's <laughs> about getting as many edges as you possibly can. Um, so Alex Cora, I I think the bigger question is going to be: Is anybody? Is any team going to actually have the stones to hire AJ Hinch or Alex Cora when their time is served? Because I do think it's definitely going to happen for Hinch. I. Don't know about Cora.
2: Once the report comes out, I think that we'll get a better idea of the scope of this whole, how dirty his hands are. And I think you're right about him getting two years. And I think at that point, I mean, geez, that's that's a hard one to get over. Because even if you're not banned, you're kind of banned a little bit. (laughs) So there might just be a black mark across your name for half the teams in the league. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: as far as getting... Like a bench coach job for some of these guys, maybe. But even somebody like Luno, I think somebody like Jeff Luno, he's got a long history. Uh, Scandal seems to follow him everywhere he goes. Yeah, I think Luno's done. St. Louis. Um. Yeah, I think think they might. They might all be done.
1: See, I think Hinch will be coach. I think I I, think if Hinch Hinch will too. Hinch will be the Marlins manager in twenty twenty.
2: Yeah. Okay. That that you might have something there. But the, the Marlins are on the rise. It could be a good situation for him. Right. I'm
1: they're sure going to be able Marlins to replace... The world Series. World they're going the to be, be able to replace crappy Don Mattingly with A.J. Hinch. Um,
2: oh, good. <laughs> and then they can finally sign Yasiel Puig. the Marlins can. It's the most <laughs> logical fit in the world. It's the
1: most perfect fit of all time. I, it, the fact that it hasn't happened yet is absolutely insane. But it does move us on to the final point, something I teased roughly 16 minutes ago. Uh, the most Mets thing of all time. What is more Mets than one of your star pitchers getting hand, foot, and mouth disease, or your third baseman that you paid $9 million to get from Oakland, not being able to use the entire left side of his body. What is more Mets than this, you might ask? How about maybe having to fire your manager have him step down before he ever manages a game? He
2: apparently, this being Carlos Beltran, Mets current manager, Carlos Beltran, I mean, his fate is up in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't you almost have to, if if the Mets are serious, which is always a dicey topic, <laughs> but, but like, if you're real about integrity and ethics and ethical values and all these things, you have to fire him. Even if you're the Mets, you've got to get rid of him.
0: You know? uh, Anthony DeComo said this earlier. He said the Mets won't be saying anything about his job tonight, a source confirmed, but more to come, presumably tomorrow. So there's a chance we know tomorrow.
1: Ah, friend of the show, Anthony DeComo. That's right. That's right. So, that uh, yeah, that Mets mean, preview will certainly be fun this year.
2: Man, this, it just it keeps going for them. It just keeps keeps happening. You've got the, the Cespedes thing with the four like you were talking about. You talked about the hand-foot-mouth disease. Jed Lowry just totally shutting down. Edwin Diaz for getting ahead of pitch. Robinson being owed, or Robinson Cano being owed more money than God.
1: Not for, just that. What hold is- on, hold on. Not just that. Taking on all of Cano's contract and giving up Jared Kelenic. Yeah, I you know how I feel about that. Like, y- that was the most hilarious move for Brody Van Wagenen. Like, you understand that attaching a great prospect is supposed to make the other team take on salary. Nope. You yeah. took on the entire salary and gave up one of the best prospects in baseball. I'm sorry. Carry on. Oh.
2: And Justin Dunn, lest, lest we forget they also uh, <laughs> traded Justin, Justin Dunn in that deal. But, yeah, I mean, the Mets, they're just a magnet for this type of thing. And for as well as the, the Yankees have been playing for the past couple of years, you know, all of the ever since the Mets World Series, everything has shifted back to the Yankees in that city. And every time you think they're going to make some some really good positive waves and send some good juju out in the universe is just same old Mets. Yeah, hey, Tim Tebow's coming to spring training. No, it'll st- it'll fix this year. There you go. It, it's there's going to be a Cespedes Tebow platoon in left field. It's going to be the worst thing we've ever seen. I can't wait.
1: Are the ha- are yeah, the, wait are the Willpons the Haslams of MLB?
2: All I'm thinking of is Udonis Haslam, who used to play for yeah. That's,
1: that's so. immediately who
0: popped into my head, but then I had to get back to the Browns. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe.
1: I mean, is there more of a joke owner in the NFL? Than the Has than Jimmy Haslam. I don't think so. It's who owns, who owns the Jaguars? Shad, Shad Khan, Khan. Shad Khan. Who keeps yeah. trying to move them to London? He's tried so hard for like <laughs> five years to move them to London. That's not. That's not smart.
2: It's weird enough to try and move a team to Mexico, just having to go through customs once. It's hard enough having teams that are in like Toronto. You know what I mean? Imagine mm-hmm. having to imagine being on London. It's like, oh, good, we have a game in San Francisco next week. At least that's not a, literally on the other side of planet.
1: Oh, actually, God. I think that the Will Ponds are more like Jerry Jones, where who it doesn't matter who's the actual manager, general manager for the Mets. They're not allowed to make any actual moves to improve the, shots, the team. Yeah. yeah, they're not allowed to make moves for the team. That's why Syndergaard is not a brave right now. But uh, it's just hilarious and. I almost feel bad for for Mets fans sometimes, and then I hear them talk, and then I don't feel bad for them anymore. Um, yeah, well, oh, that's that's most of what it is
0: too. Is yeah, <laughs> pretty I have much. Some Mets fans that I know, and I'm like, yo, I no, don't feel bad.
1: You, you deserve every bit of this. But there is another team kind of lost in the shuffle, and um, Doc put this in the show sheet, and I'm pretty sure you guys can guess what I'm going to say. But does does anybody feel bad for the Dodgers at all? I mean, maybe, like, maybe a tiny bit, but like not really because
0: they're really smart. They have a lot of money. Like, they can overcome these things.
2: Well, the only reason why I was thinking of this is because there was a, something that came out last year after they, they lost to the Nationals in the NLDS. Uh, and there was somebody asking, are the Dodgers of the 2010s the same as the Braves of the 90s in terms of always winning the division Ooh. but never, never performing yeah. in the playoffs? Well, first off, the Dodgers won six. The Braves won 14. So, no, not yet. It's not to that point. And it would be different if it wasn't that they lost to the Astros and that Alex Cora took everything to the Red Sox and then the Dodgers lost to them for the second straight. You know, like, there's a part of me that's going, man.
0: I didn't even think about that part.
2: Yeah, like, they lost to <laughs> the biggest cheaters. And, you know, it's hard to feel bad for a team that has elite players throughout the farm system has the team that has gone to the world a couple times the past few years and has all of the money. It's so hard to feel bad for a team like that, but it's like, man, there should have they should have won one of those. They They, almost won. They They did
0: get a raw deal. deal.
1: I mean, if you're if you follow any MLB players, if you follow Logan Morrison, um, (laughs) then I don't feel bad for the Dodgers at all because according to Logan Morrison, they do the same thing. But even if they didn't, I still wouldn't feel bad for the Dodgers. Teams like that who have for years been able to just run up to and just spend just crazy, insane amounts just to make sure that nobody else can bid on a player, I don't feel bad for you guys. No, no, you deserve what you get. Trying to tell me that a Dodger dog is some sort of special hot dog. Get out of here with that.
2: Well, I'm certainly regretting putting that question in
1: the sheet. Uh, Yeah, we figured out that Dylan does not like Dodger dogs. I don't like Dodger dogs. I don't like Dodger blue. I don't like... If it weren't for Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager, there'd be and Will Smith. I would not like any of those I don't like any of those other Dodgers either. Just those three. And Gavin Lux.
0: Keep going. See? We know there's more.
2: And keep it. Yeah, Ruby's. we're at sixteen percent. Keep going.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe there's a few prospects of theirs that I like. But there's a lot of people right. I don't like.
2: No, that's that's fair. It's it's just hard to you know, and people get to talking about stripping the World Series and and it's that's more like general league wide discussion. It's not a whole. I mean, there That's Manfred can't s- do that by himself. It
1: right. wouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they they tried this in college football. Does anybody actually consider the any of the USC championships taken away? Like everybody knows, no. Reggie Bush still won the Heisman. Yeah, Reggie yeah. Bush won the, on the Heisman. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and it, you know, just because you tell everybody you won the title, that doesn't mean you did. Looking at you, Central Florida. So I mean, right. there's all there's only so much you can really you can really do with that, but you know they their window might be. I don't want to say their window is necessarily closing, but it's not as open as it used to be. So if they don't wind up winning a World Series, which I mean honestly I kind of hope they don't, but if they're not able to pull one out, everybody will look at those two years and go, man, what could have been.
1: I think it's hilarious. They deserve it for drafting Jared Kendall as high as they did, thinking that he was actually going to be something. Now nah, screw the Dodgers forever. Uh I hope they I hope they end up being like third or fourth place in that division. I can't wait until the Padres, all those young players in the Padres finally come to fruition and then and I get to see that first year where the Dodgers have to look at the San Diego Padres in first place.
2: Still waiting on the pods to to turn it on. I mean they're all their guys are getting there now. You know, they've they've had that very vaunted farm system for a very mm-hmm. long time and but then again, so did the Braves and you know, some of those guys haven't quite been there, so we'll see. We'll see whether or not the, the Dodgers are looking up at the Padres in the standings.
1: It won't be in twenty twenty, but by twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two I would think that it'll be a very different story. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but anyway. We've talked enough about uh, about cheating and scandals and everybody being angry. Let's get into the fun segment. Sperry, you're very lucky. Doc came up with these extra innings questions, especially for you. Um, yes. We always get to love extra innings. So we, we we enjoy being able to pretend like we have to do this segment. We really do love doing it. So I'm going to kick it off. Uh, and this is a pretty, I would say, a simple question. But uh, nothing Doc does is ever super simple. Thank you. There's well, always you. hidden hidden layers to this onion. So to kick it off. Everybody has seen the video of Acuna throwing down in a charity event. Uh, so Sperry, we're going to start with you. Name name your baseball player only basketball team.
0: Okay, I don't know if y'all did current players as well. I didn't do current players. So point guard, this is should be nobody's surprise. Is Buxton, uber athletic. I uh, basically I've imagined if you put him on a basketball court and. I give him the ability to like you know score because I don't even know if any of these guys can play basketball. I'm thinking Derrick Rose. Okay. Like, <laughs> prime D-Rose. Uh, yeah, prime D-Rose. That one prime year where he won the MVP. Shooting guard, I figured I would put Acuna in there because like we've seen him. I feel like he's got a decent size for an MLB shooting guard. Small forward I came up with throughout the day and also, if you follow me on Twitter, this shouldn't be much of a surprise. We're going Gregory Polanco. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a real, really athletic, like six, four big guy. Power forward. This is the first name, weirdly, that came to me. Power forward. I'm putting Max Scherzer at power forward. (laughs) I I just want him to basically be my Dennis Rodman. To Just stare at people. I just want him to stare at people. Rodman had the crazy hair. Scherzer's got the eyes and Scherzer's an absolute madman. So I want him a power forward and then center. I told you all this before we started recording. I advanced. I originally wanted to do Logan Van Mill, but I forgot that he died in July, so I went with Aaron Judge at center.
1: Okay, respectable.
2: Man, that's good. I'm so, I'm so impressed with the Max Scherzer thing. That was, weirdly, that was the first person that came to mind. Was like, I just want that crazy man down below. Oh my god! I said my power forward. Um, I chose for similar reason that I'll get to in a second. Um. Okay, so. Point guard, and it's it's so weird looking at this too because you've got like your your exact subsets of height for each of the positions, right? And I'm looking at this going, you know, my my small forward is probably like six one, six two. <laughs> this this would never work in real life, but uh, for point guard, I went back and forth between. I was going to say Ozzy Albies because he's tiny, he's quick. I feel like Ooh. he's got some. I feel like he's got some Mugsy Bogues about him. You know, I thought it was Allen Iverson. Is uh, he taller than I remember?
1: Allen Iverson is like a- six foot, six one. Yeah, I, I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was small, like five
2: hundred, five ten. And I read it no, Muggsy Bogues is oh, yeah. like five. Muggsy five. Bogues is a very good one. I mean, he's like five three, and uh, but I I started with Ozzy, and then I wound up with Trey Turner because I'm looking at somebody who's in like that Mark Gross. Uh, oh, that's a good pick, John Stockton mold, super quick, super annoying, like point guard should be. Um. Shooting guard, I kind of cheated a little bit because this guy's not in the majors yet. But um, if I'm going shooting guard, I want Joe Adel. Oh,
0: that's a good pick.
2: Everybody, they wrote articles talking, comping him to Bo Jackson. You don't just do that, man. You you don't just do that. So the kid is obviously a freak. He just drips athleticism. So, you know, Jordan was a shooting guard. So um, that's where I'm going there. For small forward, I have got Yasiel Puig because everybody, every team needs like an enforcer, right? You know, and you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who's more jacked than Puig. So I'm, I just got him as kind of, he's kind of in that Rodman role. Yeah. Um, For my power forward, I've got Pete Alonzo, because when I, I'm, as you alluded to in the first segment, Dylan, I'm older than you guys, and I grew up, and it's not necessarily like the golden age of basketball, but I look back and it's like. Kevin McHale and Kurt Rambis and Bill Lane beer and Chris Mullen and Christian Leitner. And the one thing that all of these guys have in common is that it's just big, goofy white dude in the middle playing power forward every single team. And that to me, I look at Pete Alonzo. I'm like, this dude has no business on a basketball court. You guys ever seen team wolf, like the original one where it's got like no. the, the fat guy. Dylan, you ever seen the original Teen Wolf Michael J. Fox.
1: Uh, no,
2: don't. It's bad. Actually, you should watch it because <laughs> because it's so bad. But their their um, power forward is a guy who's the only name he's given in the movie is Chubby, which would never fly now. But he's like you know five eight three hundred pounds. So but it but it works. Not to give away the ending, they win the game at the end. Spoiler. Alert. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I ruined Team Wolf. I, I was not expecting to do that. You can also check that off your bingo <laughs> card with the uh, Paul Blart mail cop. Uh,
1: Mail cop mail cop. Oh, okay. Was this a male review?
2: Yeah, you see, that was like uh the male cop was the subtitle for the, the seventh Paul Blart movie. Anyway, for my center, I've got um Aaron Guerrero. Uh only because he's tall. He comes in that minute bowl uh, mold <laughs> yeah. where he's like um Guerrero was like six, eight, hundred and ten pounds. Yes. <laughs> something yeah. like something like that. Just blocks and rebounds. That's it. So so that's my team. I was just—I was just kidding when I said I got like a coaching staff and like you know somebody to drive the team bus and all that. So, Dylan, let's hear your five.
1: Well, I did. I have Ozzy as my point guard. Um, shooting guard, I'm going to go with uh, again. Now I cheated a little bit too, and I picked a prospect as well. Uh, I picked Jordan Adams from the Angels. Oh, that's another good one. As he's a yeah, super man. stud athlete. Uh, and he's already been a super stud basketball player, so I'm cheating a little bit. Small forward. This should have been the easiest one in the world, and I'm super disappointed that neither of you said this. Mike Trout, so he can show LeBron what a real goat looks like.
0: Uh, I am not think of Gregory Polanco over Mike Trout.
1: I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, he's going to show LeBron what a real what a real goat is. Power forward. I'm going to go ahead and put this down as the perfect comp. Alfraboski what the mad hungarian for those of you, <laughs> you the who don't mad know
2: to play in the middle?
1: <laughs> yeah you guys want to uh, talk about an enforcer i'm going bad boy pistons and my center no surprise i'm gonna take john carlos stanton
2: yeah that's good that's a real good one
0: so i had one pop into my head like immediately after i finished and I didn't say because I don't want like I want to see if anybody else picked it. Like Amir Garrett should have made somebody's team
2: because he played basketball <gasps> at it. St. John. I St. knew I was John's. forgetting yeah, somebody. Right.
1: All right, Amir Garrett can um, be my two guard.
2: Yeah, I can't pull Pete Alonzo out because because of the chubby rule. So I, I can't pull I out
1: Herbosky. I need somebody who's going to to physically attack the other team. Like I've
0: got a on anchor tied to Gregory Polanco, so I don't think I can take him out. I've already,
2: I've
1: already started sinking
2: so far. <laughs> you just going to take oh, on man. water.
1: It's all right. Trout will dominate everybody.
2: I'm going to get Jonathan Papelbon as the coach of this team.
1: All right. Put Bobby Knight? The- Is that Bobby Knight? Yes, yeah.
2: Seriously, Malice at the Palace. Go back, reimagine, like, the whole uh, Detroit uh, versus Indiana Malice at the Palace thing and just put Yossi El Puig in the middle of that and tell me that it's not like...
1: Put Al Roboski there. Put Al Roboski there. He was there, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) He threw the first punch, allegedly. Man.
2: All right. So, in the interest of time, it's not that I don't want to keep debating whether or not we need the mad Hungarian on our team, but I think we should (laughs) probably move on to the next one. Josh? Surprise! You're dead. But the good news is you get reincarnated as an article of clothing. What article of clothing do you come back as?
0: And I have to go first? Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. This is why I almost asked when y'all were discussing these, like going back and <laughs> forth. I was like, is there any chance I could get these in advance?
2: And that that's the thing. We um, like that. The NBA question was yours. And that was, you know, usually this is we'll We'll tell everybody what we're going to talk about, but then when it comes to extra innings,
0: and that's that's kind of why I figured. That's also why I didn't ask. I was like, this is probably like one we'll just drop these random questions on people. Like, hey, what article clothing would you be? Yeah, um, exactly. I don't know. Maybe like a like a hat. Maybe I don't know.
2: Are you like a like a baseball cap or like a fedora?
0: Uh, see, yeah. Now you have to. Uh, can I be Nick Str- Nick Saban straw?
2: Okay. <laughs> you went from real vague to real specific, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Dylan, clothes.
1: This is a very difficult question. Surprisingly, it's um, a weird question, not to sound pervy on. It's just weird because there's so many ways you can go with this.
2: <laughs> I think I would Seems be. I'm, I'm afraid to give my answer for that for that very reason. I think
1: I would be a belt. Yeah, everything, everything together. Yeah, I'm. I'm always the forgotten one until you need me, and you do need me.
2: <laughs> you know, I I actually was um, debating the belt thing because, like, I feel like uh, one of my best attributes is I, uh, you know, be supportive. You know, um, and at the risk of not sounding like a perv, I could be like, "Ooh, I'm like a, I'm like a bra." You know, <laughs> that that doesn't work. You know, I, w- I would be like the human embodiment of the emotional support bra. I already know what <laughs>
1: you would be, Doc. What's that? I already know what you would be. What? You would be an ascot. Oh, come on, dude. I'm not even French. You don't, you <laughs> listen to fish. And? You're, you are a quirky style. Go on. And only those who truly appreciate fine clothing would appreciate you <laughs>
2: i am really touched right now <laughs> uh and still not an ascot though no i'm a bra i would totally be a bra <laughs> but I, but i i exercise a lot so sports bra
1: oh okay the worst kind of problem <laughs> okay that was weird i'm like sorry that, i, take that, I answer, take that back
2: i take that back i'm not I'm I'm going out as an ascot
1: dude uh-uh Fine, whatever. I mean, you're still an ascot. You can call yourself whatever you want, but eventually you'll come to terms with it. That's messed up. You gotta ask this next question. Okay, alright. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been selected to get a full body tattoo, but it has to be a pattern. What pattern do you choose? It has to be a pattern.
0: The first thing that popped into my mind because of where we went with the last question was houndstooth. Um that would be bad.
2: Uh gosh. We can come back to you on this one. We want to make sure that you get this just right.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, come beat. back to me. I'll keep brainstorming this.
2: Oh, you don't.
1: I think I would just be a bunch of circles. You know, like those have you ever seen those in in any of those like kids museums those Ripley's museums where it's just a bunch of circles that spin to hypnotize you oh yeah that would be me that would be my tattoo
2: that wrap around the body though is, all is, is of it, that yes. because like, I feel like it's more two-dimensional
1: oh no it would be all of my entire body then I can cartwheel and spin around and hypnotize you from any <laughs> angle <laughs> eyelids too I'll see you. dizzy already what about you, Doc?
2: I think I'd be plaid.
1: <laughs> I guess that's know, such an ascot answer.
2: Well, well, sometimes like I'll I'll have I'll have it I'll come up with something and then I'll be like oh yeah this would be a good thing and sometimes I'll come up with a question and go I don't know I'll figure it out on the fly plaid was my first thought and now I'm like um maybe like dragon scale dragon scale <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know it's a lot of pressure tattoos are tattoos are a lot, so... Uh, and full body, you know... You That's gotta, the you thing, go. yeah. Like, you pretty much lose the, the ability to go out in the public at that point, because, like, is, is that guy literally covered in, like, a honeycomb? Why does he look like a
1: coral snake? <laughs> does, does that guy have magic <laughs> eye print tattoos? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, you can get as ridiculous as you want, so... You yeah, know, we got... We bought as much time as we can.
0: Yeah, I don't... Hey, we'll just go with like you know, if you're okay, so if you're getting a full body tattoo, like you're committing to this. Like, I feel like you're not super worried about going out in public. It's usually like
1: rainbow stripes all the way up. I feel like you're not super worried about the consequences of anything. Like, you don't care what people think if you're getting a full body tattoo.
2: Right. Yeah. That's true.
1: So it's true, I mean, yeah,
0: turn me into one of the what what are those popsicles called? <laughs> they had the stripes going up there.
1: I know what you're talking about. Rainbow pops. Oh
2: man, full body rainbow tattoo. You'd be like, um, you'd get invited to pride everywhere you went,
1: but just, just in circles, just like a rainbow pop. So, like, your feet up to about your calves are going to be blue, and then from your calves <laughs> up to about your thighs, going to be yellow, and so on and so forth.
2: <sighs> oh god, so yeah, so and and that that does beg the question would you go like, uh, would you go horizontal stripes or vertical stripes? Oh, horizontal. Okay. Okay, yeah. Probably makes more sense. Okay, well, that was just as weird as I hoped it would be. (laughs) Um, Question number four. Um, Would you rather lose both both of your toes or kind of feel like you're on fire for the rest of your life?
1: And this is the final question, so answer well. Okay, so it cut out for a quick second. It
0: was both of, I'm assuming, the big toes.
2: Uh yeah, both both of your thumbs and both of your big toes.
0: Oh thumbs and big toes. Oh no.
2: <laughs> or, okay, let's 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 change it because I feel I feel
0: like no I'm no. Let's thumbs. let's do thumbs
2: and big toes. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Or <laughs> constantly feel like you're on
2: fire. Yeah, not like um savage burning uh, or anything like that. But, but just like, like uh, gosh, it's, it's warm in here like that. Yeah, like of. like fifteen to twenty percent. Um, and there's like a like that that crackling sound you know, that's kind of always going on.
0: Gosh, I'm trying to figure out which one would be easier to adapt to. I almost feel like the, well, then you think about how much you use your thumbs.
2: And your big (laughs) toes.
0: And your big toes. That's like the main balance toe, right?
2: Yep, right. Gosh.
1: And you can never wear sandals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or gloves. I mean, you could. But but like, (laughs) You'd have I mean, that little, you'd little have, floppy thumb, yeah. You'd, cur- little you'd, knob, yeah. you'd
1: have to wear socks forever. Can you stuff the thumb hole full of like newspaper? I mean, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Your gloves, man. You <laughs> you stuff them with whatever you want.
0: No, I think okay, okay. I think I'll go with the weirdly enough, I think I'll go with the fire because like I don't like the cold, so I'm going to take advantage during the winter months of being like, "Hey, y'all are freezing." I actually feel kind of good.
2: oh <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good rationale, Dylan. I think I think I know your answer here. Yeah, I'm I taking. Think the I asked fire. you this just impromptu and formal the other day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the fire.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty yeah, I think-
1: simple. I need my thumbs, uh, I need my toes, and. After a while you'll just get desensitized to the fire.
2: And and that's that's the thing that I've wondered about this question too, which is weird considering I freaking came up with it. By the it's way, like,
1: by the way, even if you don't get used to the fire and it does hurt forever, I'll have a pretty banging career as like a death metal lead singer. Oh my god, you're right.
2: You got a long future about, you know, about like, <laughs> this about What was that the Nick fire. Cage movie? Was it Ghost Rider? If
1: Ghost they ever recast Ghost that, Ghost that, like, Rider. man,
0: you, you got nailed.
1: <laughs> just belt out my pain <laughs> as like a deathcore vocalist. <laughs>
2: it's like, man, I think this guy has method acting. No, no, he just feels like <laughs> that all the time. No, no, he's really on fire. <laughs> now, I think I'd have to go with the fire, too. I mean, just with like just something as simple as writing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you ever seen somebody uh, just holding a pen, like just clutching it with all their fingers around it and writing it like some type of criminal? Or like they're carving <laughs> into something? You know? It's like, think about that, but like you eat like that, too. Trying to eat soup without a thumb? <laughs> that is 100% what was going through my thumb. Or, uh, no, my, my head was like, <laughs> how do you eat soup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, any... Yeah, it it's impossible. So... I'm going with fire on this one. So um, anybody who is out there and who has gone through extra innings with us this week, we would love to get your answers for any of these questions anywhere uh, ranging from your NBA team to whether or not you would uh, lose some of your extremities or just um, be kind of on fire.
1: As usual, Doc coming up with the creative questions right here at the end. Hope you guys really enjoyed this, Uh, but we are at that time of the night where unfortunately we have to say adieu. So, Sperry, how did you enjoy your very first TPS experience?
2: I enjoyed it a lot. I hope you all enjoyed having me.
1: Always. Oh, it's Have been fun. a blast,
2: dude. It's been a blast. I, I hate it that it took so long to get you on, but if well, be, the kids get back. there's not much well, that we can do about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah, I mean, if honestly, you, if honestly, it worked out better because like there was something to talk about.
2: I'm just glad that it's wrapped up.
1: Me too. I I kind of there's like even though I'm not happy that he's gone, there there's a little bit of a weight off my chest that finally we can move on. There's some sort of resolution. There's closure. It's not
0: good closure, but it's closure. The team building aspect of me, like if I remove myself from being a fan and just like okay, I just like to watch how teams build. Like okay, what are they going to do now? Like that's kind of exciting because I think we all just kind of assumed, hey, Donaldson's just going to be here. Now it's like okay, what now? What are they going to do?
2: And now I've gone from obsessively checking my phone to say, oh, is there an update? Is there an update about Donaldson now? Yeah. Is there an update about
1: anything? <laughs> Did we get somebody? Did we sign somebody? Did we trade?
2: But we still, you know, as, as it stands now, we are less than a month from the start of spring training. I, I think uh, pitchers and catchers report on the 13th of uh, February. So, I mean, we it is like right around the corner, guys. We're going to have real live in-season episodes to do soon. I mean, this is this is crazy. Regardless of what happened, I mean the baseball season's coming. so Donaldson's not gonna be with us, but I mean, still it's just so exciting. This there's still so many reasons to be excited about the season. So I'm pumped. Oh Sparry man, we'll have you back on during the season. Thanks so yes, much for taking the anytime time. Anytime y'all anytime y'all will have me, I'll for
0: sure come.
1: Absolutely. Again, always appreciate it, Josh. Love to be able to talk to you again. Love to be able to peel back the curtain and let people know that uh yes, there is a real life behind this. This Twi- this uh, Twitter persona and podcast persona,
0: weirdly enough, what you see on Twitter is about how it is. <laughs> weirdly enough, it's
1: it's weird to think that uh, Josh knows me uh, pre-Twitter days.
0: It's true. It's
2: Tell everybody true. where where they can find you.
0: Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore two underscores Sperry S P E R R Y. Um, hopefully, Twitter does that thing where they purge the old. Accounts that aren't used because I'm, I'm sitting waiting for one underscore Sperry. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and then uh, I, we were very inconsistent. I don't remember the last time we did a podcast, but the 755 podcast, uh, it's hard. One of the Joe's on the West Coast that makes things tricky um, with the time difference. So we do that every now and then. Uh, I write for Fantastics Fantasy Baseball. And then I just got hired, hired the word. I don't know. It's kind of like freelance, but uh, with picture List. So I've actually got a Kyle Wright piece that I'm hoping I finish in like the next week that I'm going to have on there pretty
1: soon. I mean, it's good stuff. It seems like you never stop. I mean, never take a nap or whatever, but uh, it's always good to have you on. I hope, you can, and I hope the rest of you guys, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. For those of you that stuck around to the end, thank you guys so very much. We'll be back next week, hopefully with better tidings right here on the Platinum Sombrero.
2: Thanks. Bye.